Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 238. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. What's up, Fire Nation? So listen close. I have a secret for you. Audible is offering free audio content. I know, crazy, right? Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Fire Nation, you may have been hearing the buzz about Fire Nation Elite, and rightfully so. The path of an entrepreneur is lonely and scary, and Fire Nation Elite changes all that. I've created a two-minute video just for you at FireNationElite.com so you can find out exactly what our 100% support policy means. FireNationElite.com Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Neil Patel. Neil, are you prepared to ignite? Of course. (laughs) All right, man, I appreciate that. Neil runs two successful software companies, Crazy Egg and Kiss Metrics. He has worked with clients of all sizes in many industries, generating massive results. Given Fire Nation just a little overview, Neil, but can you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business. Sure. Uh, I'm just a serial entrepreneur. I've been doing this for 10 to 11 years now. Started a few different companies. My first one was an internet marketing agency. My second one was... Uh, usability analytics tool called Crazy Egg. And my current one, which is, you know, the latest invention is called Kissmetrics, which is a customer analytics platform. Very cool. I look forward to diving more into that specifically later in the interview. But before we do, Neil, we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote. It gets that motivational ball rolling. So what do you have for us today? Sure. My favorite quote is by Wilson Meisner, and it's, don't talk about yourself. It will be done when you leave. And the reason it's one of my favorite quotes is because when you're in networking events or meetings or whatever, or maybe even sales calls, people love talking about themselves. Right. Why not talk about the other person, figure out their problems, help them out. Don't expect anything in return. Don't try to make money from it. And what will happen by this is by helping others, eventually people will say great things about you. They'll spread the word about you. It helps build your brand. And you'll be well known as a person who enjoys helping other people and is smart and talented and has a lot more to offer. Mm, Those are just great insights, Neil. And at Entrepreneur on Fire, we love getting some real stories from you because you're our spotlighted guest. So do you have a situation where you actually applied these principles and it worked? Sure. So a good example of this was when I used to first start to go to conferences, I used to tell people what I did, how it was great, so forth, so on. I actually didn't get too many customers from it. And this is when we ran the marketing agency. So I switched up the process in which I just decided to meet people, didn't try to pitch them, didn't try to get any money from them. Instead, I'd find out what they're doing, find out what problems they're facing, and I would go through and actually help them solve the problems. And it actually worked well. Not only did people talk about me, but it helped me get a customer. The best example of this would be I was in Germany at Cap Euro, or actually London, Cap Euro. It was a conference. And there was a Russian guy. No one would want to help him out. After my speech, he came up to me. I felt bad for him. I was like, hey, this guy's a good guy. Why aren't people willing to give him 30 minutes of their time? 
I knew he couldn't pay me a dollar. I knew he didn't have much money. He even mentioned it. I didn't care. I was just like, look, if you came up to the time to hear me speak, at least I should help you out, right? So I helped him out, sat down with him, broke down his site for 30 minutes, told him all the changes to make, never really talked about myself or what I do. The next 24 hours, he literally went to everyone in the conference and told them how great I was. That ended up resulting into a $1.2 million contract. One of the uh, person he told about me, he didn't even know that person. He just kept on telling him how great I was. They said, hey, we want to work with you. And eventually that led to a $1.2 million contract. Wow. So you just created one evangelist that, that then went around and just trumpeted your good qualities for you, which of course is going to speak much louder than you trying to pat your own self on the back. And that landed you a $1.2 million contract. Neil, those are the kind of stories that I love hearing on this show on Entrepreneur Fire. So thank you for sharing that really personalized story. And let's continue this great theme of storytelling into the next topic, which is failure, which are challenges and obstacles. And man, listen, I'm a huge fan of Quick Sprout. So I've read so many articles. I know that you know, you failed, you faced challenges as all entrepreneurs do every single day. But take us back to one that you'd like to talk about today, one that you'd like to share with Fire Nation, either a failure or an obstacle slash challenge that you faced that you had to dig deep to overcome. And how did you overcome that? Sure. One of my biggest failures was uh, I was around 20, 21 years old and I lost a million dollars. And not of investor money, but of borrowed money, which meant that I would have to pay it back. And they did end up paying it back. Now, the way I lost this money was I had this concept, this idea. I was a big user on Dig and sites would go down, right, when you would get on the front page of Dig. So I was like, look, there's all these servers. A lot of people don't actually use a lot of the resources on their servers. Why not combine them all? And at that time, no one was really doing anything like this. Now, Media Temple has a grid server, right, which is a similar concept. And Media Temple has been doing it for years now, but had this idea before Media Temple at least released it. So found a group of guys in Texas, put money in. They kept on needing more, so kept on giving them more and more. And, you know, a year and a half later, nothing really happened. Never a launch. Was just in it for a million bucks, and we had to pull the plug. Some of them actually ran away with some of our money, so that's what caused the business to stop. That experience taught me a few things. One, never invest in an idea. It's always the team. Ideas are a dime a dozen. A lot of people have great ideas, but if the team can't execute, they're useless. Two, one of the biggest reasons why that project failed was it was too big. We didn't make it into bite-sized chunks and get something out there and validate the market, right? We should have created a minimal viable product. Those are the two biggest lessons I learned from that mistake. Man, well, I can definitely feel for you there because that is just a huge project to undertake. It sounds like that you were actually creating it virtually because if they were in Texas, where were you located at? California, Orange County at that time. That is definitely a tough period to go through and a challenge and an obstacle that you had to overcome. And I really do love how you laid out afterwards the actual lessons learned because that's you know what we need to do as entrepreneurs is actually identify the things that went wrong during different projects and, and how we can improve and fall forward and continue to fail forward after that. So Neil, let's just go ahead to a further point in your journey Moving forward to the other end of the spectrum, we all fail, we all face challenges, but we also have these aha moments. And 
aha moments don't always turn into successes. As you said, ideas can be a dime a dozen. It's all about the team. But what was a really major aha moment that you had at some point in your journey? And how did you turn that light bulb moment into success? Sure. One of my aha moments was actually when we were starting Crazy Egg. And what we ended up noticing when we started creating a beta version at that time of the product, people really loved it. We didn't do customer development or anything like that. We should have, but we didn't know better at the time. We created a simple product. We got feedback and people loved it. And when people loved it, we're just like, why? All the features aren't even done yet. It wasn't even a fully functional product. But they loved it because it was actually really simple and easy to use. Mm. That was an aha moment for me because early on in my career, I realized how features don't necessarily guarantee the success of a company. Simplicity and the ease of use actually goes a very long way with customers. No, that's very powerful. And I'd kind of like to segue into Hello Bar for a second here because I'm a user of Hello Bar. I love it because of its simplicity and because it just works. Can you walk us through exactly what that is, how you came up with that aha moment and then implemented it? Sure. So with Hello Bar, it's actually a bit different. Uh, Chuck Longernecker from Digital Telepathy had the idea of Hello Bar, right? So Hello Bar is actually his company. And what ended up happening was my co-founder and I, Heath and Shaw, we actually liked Hello Bar. We were avid users of it and we saw the value of it because we were running it on our sites and we saw the conversions we were getting from it and how simple it was, but yet how much traffic it was driving to whatever landing page we wanted and the revenue impact from it. So we decided to buy it out and just grow it. And right now we're actually in a phase where we're redoing the technology um, and the first user experience. It's more than halfway done and hopefully in a few more months it'll be complete. It's a very exciting product. And what's so great about it is that it's just, it just works. I mean, I implemented it and I started getting clicks. And for the listeners that are out there, it's that orange kind of bar at the top of some of the websites that you see out there. And you can have a call to action on it. And when people click, it takes them to a landing page of sorts where they can do what you want, whether that be entering an email address or there's some kind of product or sales or squeeze page. It's just dead simple, dead easy. And again, it has analytics that you can test to see that it works. And it's just what's really exciting too for somebody like yourself, Neil, or the actual owners of this is that it's kind of addictive. I keep getting emails every single day that say, hey, John, you've utilized the maximum of your account. So then I upgraded to the $5 account and then I maxed that out. And so now I need to go up to the $12 account. But again, this is a return on my capital. So of course, I want to invest in myself to get that return. So it just works. And that's something that we always talked about with Eric Reese of the Lean Startup, when we had him on Entrepreneur on Fire, he talked about just getting out that simple product, prove the concept, and then come back with it. So how else have you actually released a product, Neil, and had it be proved by customers, maybe in a way you didn't expect? Sure. So when we were actually working on Kissmetrics early on, we've uh, pivoted a few times. So we're on our third iteration of the product, Is it third or fourth. I think it's third, <laughs> but we pivoted quite a bit nonetheless. When we first created Kissmetrics, we created a product that was actually analytics for social games on Facebook. So like, you know how Zynga has a ton of Facebook games? Our original concept of Kissmetrics was to help you track it. 
from your viral coefficient to, you know, every little thing to how much revenue you're making from virtual currency, so forth and so on. And that business didn't work out. But the aha moment we got from it was people actually had a lot of basic needs that they weren't solving with their analytics, such as conversion funnels. Like we actually found out from that because like games and all these companies, they weren't really tracking their conversion rates and their funnels all the way. Right. And what's causing conversion. We're like, this is so simple. A lot of analytics tools actually have, but when we started digging deeper and we started interviewing people, we found out that literally like when you interviewed a hundred people use Google analytics, not even 5% were using the funnels. I've got to interview their whole user base, but it's such a small number, right? So we were just like, wow, a lot of these basic problems that you think people would have solved haven't been solved. So we started recreating how these systems work and how these reports work, the funnel report, because a lot of people didn't understand how to use them, the way they work were clunky, then it makes sense in which if you set it up, now all your future data has a funnel, but none of your past data has. So we went back and we're like, what are the main problems people are facing with their current analytics tools? And how do we fix those first? Man, I love that question. And what were some answers you came up with from that? Sure. So we ended up finding out that a lot of people are looking at page views and visitor counts, but, and they're focusing on increasing it. And when we were talking to companies like, yeah, it's December, my traffic, you know, has, is up 30%. Right. And they're like, we're like, how about your revenue? And they're like, oh, revenue's flat. You know, we really look at traffic numbers. I'm like, but why are you looking at traffic numbers? Like, well, we hope that if we get more traffic, we'll get more revenue. Well, I'm like, well, if it's up 30%, you haven't got more revenue. It's not working. So instead of focusing on traffic, shouldn't you be focusing on tracking revenue and increasing that and figure out what channels or refer groups or direct traffic or search terms are causing more revenue and then go after them instead of just focusing on increasing your traffic as a whole because now you're just wasting time and energy within the corporation. So we found out in Kissmetrics that, hey, a lot of people are tracking these vanity metrics and we want to help change that and have them focus on tracking real metrics that matter such as lifetime value of a customer, churn, real conversion rates, right, uh, cohort reports, all these things that actually can help you figure out how to maximize your business and make more money. So this company that you talked about that had their traffic increase by 30%, but their revenue was flat, what specific actions could they use through Kissmetrics to really potentially start seeing a revenue increase and stop caring about the vanity metrics as much? Sure. And to give you some color on the situation, it was actually an e-commerce company that sells Rolex watches. Okay. So what they ended up doing is once they implemented Kissmetrics, they found out that they were buying a lot of traffic from banner advertising, these social sites to boost their numbers, but they weren't converting. And they found out some of the traffic sources that they weren't focusing on were actually converting really well, such as every time they sent out an email blast or had partners send out an email blast, it caused a huge amount of conversions, but they had no one focusing on it. So we said, look, this is your highest converting channel. Let's focus on this for the next two weeks. And they started doing that and they saw over a 16% increase in revenue. It just comes down to focusing on what matters. And we all want to focus on what matters, but we need to find out what actually does matter before we can focus on it. So just a great tool, Kissmetrics. Love what you have going on. Thanks for that example. And Neil, I kind of want to shift focus for a second here because I'm such a fan of Quick Sprout. I love the articles that you write, the in-depth that you get into, the transparency. And I mean, oh my goodness, the interactions that you get there are incredible. The number of 
you know, comments and, and shares and tweets. And again, those to some level, quote unquote, are vanity metrics. And you can only judge that so far. But at the same time, it is showing that a lot of people care about what you say and about how you are interacting with them and the fact that you do care. Can you talk about the growth of Quicksprout? Take us back to day one when you first posted and the actual trajectory of Quicksprout to where it is today. Sure. So Quicksprout's my second blog. My first blog was a Technorati 100 blog. So I knew how to grow blogs and I learned that, hey, if I'm going to start a new blog, because it was a saturated place at the time and now it's even more. What I ended up doing is I created five blog posts. They weren't as detailed. Eventually, I learned that my detailed blog posts get more shares, tweets, likes, more traffic because they provided a lot more value. So what I ended up doing was creating detailed articles. But when I created the five first articles, I then hit up all the other bloggers in my space and said, hey, I will pay you to blog about Quicksprout. And for you to end that blog post with, Quicksprout's really awesome. It's by Neil Patel. You know, he's a blah, blah, blah entrepreneur. He's done X, Y, and Z. You have to subscribe to his blog. And when they said subscribe to his blog, they linked to my RSS feed. Right. Right. And at that time, feed was more popular. Now, if I had to redo it, I would do, you have to subscribe to Neil's blog and have him link to a page where someone can opt in by email. Right. Right. And that's how I grew. So the day I launched Quicksprout, and I would consider the day I launched after I wrote five blog posts. I literally had a thousand RSS subscribers. Within a few more days, I had over two thousand RSS subscribers. So every time I published a blog post, I had up to two thousand people who are already looking at it. And then I learned by writing more detailed content, re- reducing fluff, creating copy in a conversational format. All these things helped increase social shares and traffic and more subscribers. Right. So then it was just this whole circle, right? Getting people to read the content getting them to love it, getting them to share it, their visitors see it, hopefully they like it, then, they're, uh, then they become subscribers, and then from there, hopefully they tweet stuff out and so forth and so on, right? So you're pretty much creating this whole loop. And that's how I was able to grow Quicksprout. Mm. Thanks for that detailed description. That's really interesting about how you grew that. The just focus mentality that you took at the very beginning to launch that with the five articles and then reaching out to an actual network of people. That's really powerful. So, Neil, I want to talk right now about the aha moment, just to wrap this up. So, you share with us a few different aha moments that you've had and how you've turned them into success through Kiss Metrics, through the Hello Bar, everything along those lines. If you could just kind of pull out one clear lesson for the Fire Nation listeners, for people that are having these ideas that, again, Ideas can be a dime a dozen. It's about the team. It's about the actual action that takes place. So if you can just have one clear lesson for the listeners that have had an aha moment, that have had that light bulb go off, what would that be? Yeah, it would be you need to get out there, get off your butt and just make stuff happen and do whatever it takes. Because if you're not and you're thinking like, I need money or I need this first or I'm going to wait for that, then nothing's ever going to happen. You need to go out there and figure it out. No matter what things may be blocking you from success, don't worry about it. Go out there and figure out a solution around it, right? You don't need the most amount of money to make a company. You don't need uh, to be really talented. Hey, when I started my first company, I didn't know anything. And you know what? Neither my co-founder or I are developers, but yet we figured out how to partner with developers, reach out, network with them, and get them to help us out, right? 
So it's like if you just don't get out there and try to figure out things and just like literally try to be scrappy and hustle, I know that word may have a negative connotation, but if you just don't try to go out there and do whatever it takes, you're never going to succeed. Powerful insights, Neil. And over these 11 plus years that you've been getting out there and hustling and just working your butt off and failing and succeeding and doing everything that you've done, have you had an I've made up moment? So over the last 11 years, um, I started having a I made it moment when I realized that for like me, I struggled when I was growing up. And when I realized I didn't have to worry about the basic necessities in life, like I was hanging out with my high school friends and the things they were worrying about from jobs to getting out of their parents' house. And I was like, huh, I'm like, my life isn't that bad. I don't really live with my parents. My home is paid off. I don't have any debt. I don't have a ton of expenses each month. I can live off a few, like 3,500 bucks to be exact each month. And I was like, I don't have to worry about the basic necessities anymore in life, assuming I don't really like screw up. And from then on, I realized that, hey, I've made it to some extent. At least I don't have to worry about necessities anymore. I love that. And just the actual capital that you've built up intellectually inside. I mean, even if Armageddon happens, I mean, you're the kind of person that when the ground is level, you can start back up and get right back in there because of the skills that you've learned from getting out there and swing for the fences. Neil, let's talk about your current business right now because you have so many exciting things going on. We've touched upon some of them, but if you could just pull out one thing that's really exciting you right now, what would that be? Sure. So what's really exciting me is what we're trying to solve at Kiss Metrics. Yeah. Which have you ever gone to a coffee shop and you start going there every single day where the owners just know you and they know what you're going to order before you do and you know the line may be long but they just make your order there. Oh, I love so that. If you're running late, they actually won't charge you like yeah you can pay next time or if you forgot your wallet they're like no worries it's free on us, right? They know you so well that they actually take care of you. They know that you're a great customer. They know your name. They know your family. They know every little thing about you. And it's not creepy either. For you, it actually makes your user experience that much better. Why isn't that happening online? Zappos actually feel got close to it by providing their customers with excellent service and getting to know their customers and actually caring about them. But why can't other companies do the same thing too? So what we're trying to do here at Kissmetrics is we're trying to help give you the tools that you need to replicate that and make your customers happier. Because if you can delight your customers, they're going to keep coming back. They're going to keep spending money with you. They're going to tell all your friends about your company and they're going to want to never use anyone other than yourself, right? In that space, they'll never go dare to go to your competitors. Those are just great insights, Neil. And it's so true. I've recently reread Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea and he gets into that and just the organic growth that happens and that people want to be involved with people that care about them. And so I love what you're promoting at Kissmetrics, Neil. I commend you 100% and just thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. So Fire Nation, I've been an Audible member for a while now, so I speak from personal experience when I say that Audible.com offers the best selection of audiobook titles around. With thousands of titles to choose from and a bunch of different genres, you can't go wrong. Regardless of whether you're in the mood for history, autobiographies, thrillers, or just a good laugh, 
Audible has you covered. When you download an audiobook over at audible.com, you can access it from several different devices, not just one. So you can enjoy your audiobooks on your computer, burn them onto your CD, or upload them to your iPod or other MP3 device for easy time listening wherever you are, anytime. Audible and Entrepreneur on Fire would like to thank you for listening to today's episode by offering you this. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. So Neil, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds great to me. (laughs) All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Nothing was actually really holding me back. Uh, other than my age. So when I was a little kid, my parents were like, you got to go to school, right? You got to go to college. That was actually the biggest thing that was holding me back from being entrepreneur. I wanted it more than anything else. Love that. What's the best business advice you've ever received? Best business advice has to be hang out with people who are more successful than you. Not because they have money, right? Because money isn't a determinant of success, in my opinion. It's what you feel success and have you accomplished it. But more so, hang out with people who are more successful than you. And the reason being is if you take their five people, your closest friends, you take their income, you add it up, divided by five, so you're taking the average, that typically ends up being your income. If you're hanging out with people who are successful, believe in changing the world, uh, are trying to make a, you know, a big change, you'll actually learn from them. Not only will it make your life better, but you'll also grow your knowledge. And to me, knowledge is the most important thing. And usually people who have more money and are self-made and are trying to do things to make the world a better place, they can teach you a lot. So why not learn from it? If you're starting to hang out with friends who are losers, right? They're going to be just complaining, have partying, doing drugs, whatever it may be. What are they going to teach you? Little to nothing. We've recently had Dan and Ian on the show from Tropical MBA, and they often talk about the vampires, where if you hang out with the wrong group of people, they're actually sapping your life energy, your entrepreneurial spirit away from you. So I could not agree more, Neil. And just for you to be hanging out with the average of five guys, you must hang out with some pretty rich dudes, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that, but they're all good people. (laughs) That's the important thing. So Neil, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? U-N-R-O-L-L dot M-E. I get so many emails every day and a lot of them end up being junk. If you log into Unroll Me every day, it'll end up telling you, here are all your junk emails. Click here to unsubscribe in one click. You'll unsubscribe. You'll never get an email from them again. And then all the other emails that aren't that important, you can add to your roll-up. And what it will do is once a day, it'll email you with a roll-up email, just one email, and it includes all the emails that aren't too important, but it's just combining in one email and you can browse through them really quickly instead of clogging up your inbox. Wow, that's a phenomenal resource. Fire Nation, I'm going to link this resource up and everything else that we've mentioned in today's episode at entrepreneuronfire.com slash Neil Patel. Neil, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Sure. Um, I, right now, I recommend, and I know it's been out for a while, but I feel a lot of people still aren't following these practices. I actually would recommend The Lean Startup. Because if every company operated with those principles, right, you don't have to be a developer to read the Lean Startup. It's for everyone. It'll actually make you that much more successful. Mm, Totally agree to that, Neil. And 
We've actually had Eric Reese on the show. It was a great episode where he really got into that and really showed us some examples of how he and some other people in the Lean Startup community have really utilized those principles to great success. So, Neil, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? So what I would do is start up a website. In that website, I would break down. So I'd use some of the money, domain and hosting, and I'd use that money, which wouldn't be much, so less than 100 bucks of it, to create a website. I would get a free WordPress theme, and I would break down my services and what I would do, right? Then I would take the rest of the money, spend it on LinkedIn to buy contacts and records, and I would start emailing all the companies I think I could provide services to, and I would pitch them. And I would try to find companies probably in the web space, software as a service or e-commerce, because they're more likely to need my marketing skills. Because keep in mind, I don't have a developer with me, right? So right. I can't make a software tool. And I would actually pitch them on internet marketing. And eventually, I would close some of those customers, right? Because I would pitch them on what to do, what they're doing wrong. And I would just break it down. So instead of saying, hey, pay me, I would just say, here's all the things you're doing wrong. I'm like, let me know if you need my help to fix them. And then a lot of people would respond back with, sure, I'm interested in paying you to fix it. Once I make enough money from that, I would then create a software company and hire developers and stuff like that. But at least that way I have money to start with versus having nothing. So I don't even need 500. You can give me 100 bucks and I'll be able to take care of the rest. Uh, Neil, that was just a great example of how providing value using the skill set that you already have, you can start from nothing and quickly be back on top. I love that. So give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share how we can connect with you or your company, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. So one parting piece of guidance, and uh, I know I've stated this before, is really look at the people you hang around with. And the reason being is, I can tell you that, other people can tell you that, but if you don't really evaluate your friends, like take a paper, divide it in half, write down all your friends on one side who are positive and are helping you out, and write down on the other side all the people that are bringing you down. It doesn't have to be who's rich and who's not. It should just be who's positive and who's a good influence and who's a bad influence, right? Take all the people who are bad influence and slowly get them out of your life. And these bad influences, it shouldn't be, oh, they're critical and they're telling me how I'm doing my business wrong because that's actually not a bad influence. They're giving you feedback. It's up to you whether you want to take that feedback or not. But a bad influence could be, hey, dude, let's do some coke and let's party all day, right? You shouldn't be wasting your time with those, quote unquote, as you mentioned, vampires who are just sucking and draining the life out of you. So that would be my biggest piece of advice and cut out all the people that are just, you know, sucking the life out of you and hang out with the people who are positive in your life and can help you succeed. And if you ever want to connect with me, you can email me at neil at neilpatel.com. I blog at quicksprout.com. And uh, you can always find my company, kissmetrics.com. Wow. Well, Neil, Fire Nation knows that they can find the links to everything that we've talked about today, entrepreneuronfire.com slash Neil Patel. Thank you for being so generous with your time, expertise, and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care and have a good one. And now let's give it up for our five-star reviews. 
Crony339, Blue in 28, Very Useful, Dreams to Freedom, Lavia Tops, Garrett Grubbs, Sailpam C, IDK, Nuclear Chowder, and Jeff Ranger. Thank you so much for supporting Entrepreneur on Fire, and I look forward to thanking everybody who does the same. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.